We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week 17 passing game matchups. Will Jelani Woods do it again? That and more on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? <laughs> uh just made myself laugh in the <laughs> intro man uh i just i literally just read the first name that that showed up in the tool uh this is curtis patrick i'm joined by dave cave and we're talking week 17 passing game matchups uh for the atrocious indianapolis colts passing attack that is like what uh, I, I guess they're bringing nerf guns to an all-out war uh not not a good situation but we're going to talk about a lot of other I guess, exciting passing game uh, matchups as well. Dave, it's our final like regular season, regular segment type of show. I mean, the season's coming to a close, man. I mean, we've been, let's see. I mean, just, just the math, it's, it's like 51 episodes or something over the past seven, 17 weeks, or, you know, may, maybe it's only like 48. I think there's a couple times where we didn't get all three shows out, but it's just been an absolute avalanche of, of content we've covered a lot of ground. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if nothing else, regardless of the quality of the content that comes after this, uh, this monologue to open the show, we should be proud of our accomplishments. Oh, we should. I mean, I don't know if our, <laughs> I don't know if our, our Monday episodes that dropped Tuesday, the last couple of weeks have been that great, but I think we're still bringing the fire with the GLSP and passing game matchup shows. Of course, given the flooding and pipe issues that we had last week, there was no passing game matchup Raider show. So well, we're going to, we're going to make up for us, that now. Yeah. Can you find us a flood of fantasy points to come? That well, is the real question. Since you highlighted Indianapolis, let's just start there. Um, <laughs> All of the players that filter into the tool at both positions here when we look at players with six or more points per game land in the 53 to 56 range. So those are some better numbers, not the type that I would normally highlight as look out for these guys. They are super well positioned, but you have Ashton Doolin uh, at 56, Jelani Woods at 55, Paris Campbell at 54, Michael Pittman at 53. We saw the GLSP did like Pittman this week, of course, given the fact that uh, what did Nick Foles put up last week? Like 0.3 fantasy points. I'm not sure how great you feel about 
three three the Colts scored three points man. yeah so uh, yeah I mean like so okay so you know big dig Nick was not bringing the BDN energy at all like in the post game like he clearly thinks Matt Ryan should still be starting so yep. if I mean if if Foles isn't even going to be out there folding around like uh, what, are, what are we even doing here you know it's like the Colts are the ultimate team that I think just wants this season to be over. Yes. In conclusion, I don't think I'm p- dropping any Colts in my lineup this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when I said, can Woods do it again? I mean, you know, he had a triumphant three forty three zero line uh, in week 16, <laughs> but Hey, for, for a rookie tight end, that's actually not too shabby. All things considered. Yeah. All and right. It was so his, his second game with three receptions this season. And that type of stuff c- catches my attention, Dave. I'm, I'm sure it does. All right. Let's talk about some real fantasy options. though. this week we close the GLSP episode, looking at Richie James jr. Mm. Who had a nice GLSP for what you might uh, like to see for him. Gets a matchup rating against the Colts of a 77 Curtis, this is one of the higher ratings that we've seen in a while, given the strength of that in the GLSP. I think you really need to try to get James into your lineups, if at all possible. Uh, so it looks like a solid game for him and a lot of the other players on the Giants. Darius Slayton also draws a 59. So he's another player that can get some consideration um, in your lineup. Now, if we take a look at Indianapolis's defense, in the secondary, there are not any players that stand out as just seeding a ton of points per game, but every one of their cornerbacks has been pretty favorable. And with the way that Slayton and James operate, this is going to be a great matchup for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have any counterpoint there. I think those are players that you can, that you can uh, rely on this week. The name that I'm looking at, um, that's obviously an auto start territory, but it's kind of scary seeing that he has a great matchup is CD lamb, yes. man. Like CD lamb over the past seven games is wide receiver two. Uh, he trailing only Justin Jefferson and fantasy output uh, over, over that quarter of the season. I mean, he's wide receiver six in total PPR scored this season. And for him to come in, you know, I guess effectively with the second highest rating of any player who's actually going to play this week, uh, given the way that you've got the filter set. I mean, that's pretty scary, especially in a game where we're not sure if Tony Pollard's even going to play. Like he's traveling with the team, but he might not play. Yep. They could be down a weapon. I mean, Lamb could go nuclear this week. Well, top 48 wide receivers are averaging 17.1 points against Tennessee. That's one of the highest totals that you're going to see at almost every threshold. Tennessee is one of the most favorable teams. That 68 is significantly high. So yeah, man, it's going to be yeah. a great week for Lamb. It almost, to some extent, this matchup, you have Noah Brown at a 64. He's one of those desperation guys that perhaps you turn to if you you know are really in dire straits. I'm not saying I would start him, but he's a name that you could maybe look to of course this is going to be a game that's earlier on in the slate so um that might add some difficulty there this is the thursday this is happening by the time people listen to this uh you know that game's going to be approaching yeah i think it's kind of difficult 
to prioritize Brown in that early mm. spot, unless it's just a really yep. unique roster where, you know, we find out about an injury between now when we're recording right. and, and, and when this game is going to be played. Right. All right. So forget my mention of Brown, other players <laughs> scoring highly. You have Tyler Boyd at a 62. He's the only other player that gets into the 60 uh, range this week. Behind him, you have Jacoby Myers at a 59. Uh, Darnell Mooney at a 57. The name that might get would have been interesting. You have Michael Gallup at a 56, who could have yeah. been another guy that maybe you could have tried to tell the story for, but you're not realistically going to be putting him um him in so when i'm looking at these top end range curves i don't see any other names that stand out as ones we would need to mention well you know just going down the list a little bit further uh of names that that i think yep. warrant a little bit more discussion you know we talked a lot about drake london in yesterday's episode so to see him coming in with a top 20 rating here uh on the heels of his you know featured usage over the past couple of weeks um, you know, this gets me even more excited. I mean, I think, I, I really think that London is, he's kind of in that, not that this is a crazy rating of a 51. I mean, you know, <laughs> the way the scoring, the way the scoring in this tool works, I mean, 51 is actually still a pretty good score. It's not necessarily like, not necessarily average because it's, you know, relative to all the other scores that are coming yep. in, uh, in any given week. So it's a little tricky there, but you know, that the matchup is plus in any way has me pretty excited. Yeah, I think that that's perfectly fair. All right. Um, continuing down here, I think we got to talk about some of these poor matchups here at, um, you know, I don't like to see it, Curtis, but you have Deontay Johnson. Oh, boy. It feels like every week Deontay Johnson is coming in at the bottom of the ratings in this tool. At 23 this week in his matchup with Baltimore, George Pickens gets a 27. But I think one of the interesting exercises at the end of the year is going to be to go back and actually look at the slate of defenses that these two faced. We've talked a lot about Johnson this season, but this is another game where the teams that are in the finals probably have a handful of of really solid wide receivers and you might piv piv be pivoting away from Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to add. We've, we've probably talked about Johnson. He's probably a top 10 name that we've mentioned over the course of the entire season because of our temptation to use him every week based off of his role. There's only two more weeks that could happen. I still swear there's a correction game coming for Deontay Johnson. Maybe he will be this year's Jamar chase and put up 50 points or something in title week because I mean, it just, it still blows my mind uh, to think about, you know, the situation that Johnson is in this year. I mean, the, the, the amount of usage that, that he's got this year, I mean, he's 130 targets in to his season and still without a touchdown. It's just crazy. And he's got 82 receptions and no touchdowns. So I know that the matchup, you know, tools don't like him this week and, you know, hey, if you were following the matchup tool and the, and the poor ratings that he's gotten that for the balance of the season, you probably would have avoided a lot of weeks where Johnson wasn't helping you. So feel free to listen to that. Uh, but I guess if you're forced into a spot where you've got to play Johnson, I, I still say that the, the law of averages uh, could, could potentially, you know, play in here 
Um, I, I think there's a lot of big names that are kind of disappointingly low in this tool. I mean, you got both Eagles wide receivers. You've yep. got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who have been running hot a little bit. You've got D.K. Metcalf um, as one of the worst-ranked wide receivers in the entire tool. Um, you know, of course, you're not you're not sitting D.K., given the situation of, of him really commanding all the targets in Seattle. But to see both Eagles wide receivers so low is a bit worrisome. It might be an either-or type of week. Uh, for Philly. So that gets a little bit tricky. And then, you know, you mentioned Gabe Davis in the GLSP episode. So it's interesting to see Diggs scoring uh, as low as Davis essentially in this tool. I mean, it's really just not liking uh, this matchup for the bills against the Bengals at all, but I mean, that game has potential blow up written all over it. Maybe you just throw the matchups out in that type of game. Yeah, and I mean, in the case of Diggs, I think you're definitely going to throw it out. Now, with Davis, it's interesting because one of the things that we talked about was him finding the end zone and that being kind of, to a large extent in the GLSP, what was going to make or break his day. And I think that probably still holds. Now, a matchup like this, though it's difficult, doesn't necessarily preclude him from breaking off one of those long touchdown receptions. Um, Like you mentioned, you could certainly imagine some game scripts where this turns into a high-scoring contest or Cincinnati um, is forced to defend a lot of passes against Buffalo. So I I think that there's still a case to be made for getting Davis in your lineup if you're looking for some upside. Um, that's certainly sure. a possibility. But where it's going to be tough to get upside is from the receivers on Arizona. We talked about poor showings for DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, and then we see DeAndre getting a 30, uh, Marquise Brown a little bit better at a 37, but they're facing off against that Atlanta defense, which is allowing less than a wide receiver, just 0.8 per game to get to 10 points. Wide receivers, 20-plus in recent weeks, zero wide receivers have achieved that. Top 48 going for just 119 Falcons have just been a really tough opponent. So could be tough sledding for the Cardinals wide receivers. Mm. Mike Evans, who we already mentioned this week on the GLSP with a bad outlook, gets a rating of 34 against the Panthers. Even more reason to not look his way. Then Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones with a 36 and a 35 in Cleveland's matchup with the Commanders. If you wanted to make any strong case for either of them, now would be the time to do it. Otherwise, uh, I'm not sure how you know enthralled you're going to be with, with trotting them out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, starting Brown's offensive players at all uh, this week is kind of a scary proposition um, with real money on the line. I, I actually doubt there are too many teams in title position that would have a Browns player they'd consider starting other than maybe Nick Chubb um, this week. So I don't want to spend any time on Cooper or Peoples Jones, but I will go back to the Cardinals just for a second. So with the news that Colt McCoy is going to start and, you know, that, uh, that passing attack, having a a weird matchup um, against the Falcons, I I should know using the game split stool, we can take a look at what things looked like for Hollywood Brown and for DeAndre Hopkins in the Colt McCoy starts over the uh, earlier parts of the season when he was in the lineup. Hopkins was largely unaffected um, in the games where McCoy started uh, rather than Murray. He was still scoring almost 17 PPR per game, averaging actually three, almost three more targets per game with McCoy than he did uh, with Murray. It was really Brown who suffered scoring just six PPR in the two (laughs) games that he played uh, with McCoy. So, you know, I, I think, you know, seeing what we see in the tool, knowing what we know about that matchup, you know, I would look another direction, uh, for Hollywood, but I would still probably start, yeah. you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Yep, I think that's that that is the approach I would take as well. Now, Tyler Lockett, um, it's not a hundred percent clear if he's going to go this weekend. He draws a pretty low rating. Um, so Marquise Goodwin uh, is the other player on Seattle that we see pretty often occupying the slot. Actually, Lockett's only in the slot 55% of the time. Uh, but where I'm going with this is if you were thinking that a place you could turn would be to another wide receiver in Seattle, if Lockett is unable to go, we're not really seeing good matchups for Seattle's wide receivers this week. In fact, you have Lockett was at 25, Marquise Goodwin at a 29, and then as we mentioned, DK Metcalf at a 21. So not a great outlook for the Seahawks. Wide receivers, I think that we've pretty efficiently here covered all of the players kind of in the uh, you know very low and very high ranges, unless there was any other names you wanted to mention here. There's some tight ends we should look at. Yeah, I think, you know, if if you we get good news on on Lockett, um, you know, that is pretty interesting just because, you know, I guess like let's compare and contrast him with with Hollywood Brown, who mm-hmm. I think a lot of players would maybe think, you know, a lot of fantasy managers would think of those as, you know, similar levels of fantasy assets. I mean, Lockett, Dave, he's wide receiver 12 this season. Like that, that kind of surprising me, you know, looking at his, you know, looking at his stats, zooming out over the course of the, the season. I mean, he's been a wide receiver two and 43%. Uh, of games in a wide receiver 21 and 21%. Um, and he's had quite a few games where it was unclear what his health, you know, really was going to be. I mean, he scored 10 PPR in 10 or 12 of his 14 games, you know, and e- even over the course of, you know, I guess looking all the way back to week eight, he scored at least 13.2 PPR every single week. So, you know, I guess a player like that, you know, who is still going to have Geno Smith, um, you know, in a game that I think is between teams that still care, yep. uh, you know, in Seattle and New York, it feels a lot different than uh, a Falcons Cardinals game where no one really cares. And yep. there's, you know, bad matchups on the other side. So I would be, 
despite the poor ratings for both, I'd be a little bit more glass half full on Lockett if he's cleared, or I'm a little bit more glass half empty on Hollywood. Yeah, I agree with you. The the thing though that complicates it is if you look at the Jets, just 0.7 wide receivers per game going over 10 plus points, top 48 wide receivers averaging just 8.3. If you look on an individual basis, you know, DJ Reed allowing just 6.5 points per game on direct targets. Uh, Sauce Gardner, 4.1. Yeah. Michael Carter, 2, 2.2. You know, I could keep going. So it's hard to imagine where they are going to be able to get those points. But I think that given the continuity they've had, these wide receivers with Geno Smith versus what you're going to see in the game with the backups in for Arizona, I would be inclined to agree with you. Yeah, and I, I guess like the, the other the other point with that is Lockett has continued to be like his calling card for his whole right. career has been he's just so efficient. He doesn't need a ton of targets to do it. And, you know, so, you know, that that's a you know, it's not like unique to the season or you, unique to the last couple of weeks. It's not even unique to a specific quarterback. Uh, he's just been extremely efficient. So he's a player that I would look to you know, if, if somebody could break the mold against the Jets, it would be a player like Lockett. Sure. So shifting over to tight ends, uh, Jordan Akins, who's been mentioned a fair amount, he's seen some good matchups, get to 64 this week. Of course, we've been hesitant to play him. Uh, I think that would probably be, um, you know, the same thing that you would tell us again this week. But behind him, Dalton Schultz comes in with a 60. Um, a Cole Komet, Gets a 16. Then the player I wanted to focus on here, Austin Hooper, who has been one of the more targeted wide receivers for Tennessee, or not wide receivers, receivers, of course, he plays tight end. For the Titans in recent weeks, draws a matchup rating of a 56. That is the fourth highest of the week. Of course, Ryan Tannehill is out, uh, but when the team is passing, this could give Hooper some opportunity to produce some level of, of fantasy points for teams this week. Other players that get into the 50s you might be interested in, you have Dawson Knox at a 51. Gerald Everett, who's had a tough stretch, gets a 51. And Evan Ingram is in at a 48. Uh, So kind of an average outing for him in terms of matchup rating. But the GLSP absolutely loves Evan Ingram this week. Expects him to really go off. If I remember correctly, the average expectation was 17.3 points for him and an average outing. So it really, really likes him. Now, if you look at some of those thresholds, uh, Dallas, for example, facing off against Hooper, uh, let me just get the right number right here sort this by tight ends i apologize i was looking at things a little bit incorrectly here um in trying to find these thresholds has actually been fairly difficult in recent weeks against tight ends but with the way that hooper operates and the uses that we've seen um you know definitely a player worth considering some of the guys that are going to be up against tougher matchups You have Tyler Higby on the heels of a good game against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers allowing just 0.3 tight ends per game to go over eight points. 
just 0.1 tight ends per game going over 12 does not look like a very good matchup for Higby draws a matchup rating of a 27 other players scoring significantly low this week. You have Jawan Johnson with a 34 Mark Andrews uh, at a 33 beyond them though. Most players are kind of in the average range. Uh, You have David Njoku at a 44 Dallas Goddard with a 44 uh, Hawkinson down at a 41. I would still expect pretty good things from him in this game. So kind of a mixed bag at tight end this week. Um, If you are in need of guys to plug in at the last minute from a matchup perspective, there aren't many guys that really stand out to me as ones that you could turn to. Um, And there's not really that many that you would have to avoid other than uh, Jawan Johnson, I think would be the name that I would call it the most. And then Noah Fant for Seattle comes in with a rating of a 30 against the Jets. And just like the Jets have been difficult uh, for wide receivers, they have not been that favorable to opposing tight ends, more of a middle of the road type of, of of defense against tight ends. But in terms of players looking for upside against this team or tight ends in specific, it really just hasn't been there. We haven't seen um, in the last eight weeks, any tight ends go for more than 16 points against them. Even top 24 tight ends uh, averaging just 7.1 points. So Curtis had to drop off, uh, but I think we covered everything that I wanted to get to here. This week, hopefully there's some nuggets applicable to your teams, some things that you'll be able to take away here to help you bring home those championships. As we've mentioned all year, if you bring home a championship this weekend, we want to hear about it. Even teams that didn't work out, we want to hear about it, see how things went for everybody out there this year. If there's any takeaways you have, um, any topics you want us to cover, just let us know. But really... Uh, It's been a lot of fun going through these different matchups and projections and what have you this season. So we wish you all the best of luck and hope that you take home those trophies over the weekend. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.